cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the Futurology Show. Hello, B2. Hey, everyone. What's up? What's up, what's up, what's up? I did this at the end of last year. Like, yeah. Just how tired I was that the, the year is like, oh, and I've, I've been exactly the same way after a break in January. <laughs> it's like, but January is the longest month of the year. I mean, it's a fact. Really? Financially. No, it just is. Oh, really? Everyone's like coming back from uh, holidays, carrying their credit card debt around with them and moaning about it and then uh, trying to get back into work. It's mm. just not the easiest thing in the world. I'm sure most people have got very high hopes for 2017 and I think it's it's going to be a great year, but it does feel like it's the, like 2016 the sequel. It, it feels like there was this mild little hiccup at the end of 2016 and we just carried on. Do we go dum-dum-dum or is it not for one of those? I think it's everybody's ready for Okay. <laughs> I don't have it ready either. Sorry. No, I think I'm very optimistic about it. Well, you actually you called this year. What did you call this year? The age year? of experience. Experience. I like that. No, that's okay. that's been playing on my head a lot, and I think it's a, for another show. But the the whole idea, like we're on the Futurology show, but the age of are experience. We? Oh, we should, are. Where am I? But the <laughs> the age of experience. I mean, the only people that we need to worry about having experiences are humans, not things. So we beyond the the bots. We don't really care if the bots are having a wonderful experience. They're there to be part of the experience. But that leads to the uh, the question: What is the future of humans? And if our so ex- it's our experience and our future, yeah. And if the experience enables us to the point where we become so lazy, we really are heading towards that those those fat wally humans on on floating chairs. <laughs> I tell everyone it's, that story every but time. But it's terrifying it comes me. Up. It's like the self fulfilling prophecy. Like Wally has has decided that in some distant future or not too distant future, we're actually going to end up being this bunch of useless. People reliant on this connected technology. Well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do you a favor. Whatever you do, do not go to a gym. Cause the January people at gym, you might think that the that's Wally the new name for a pub, through. isn't it, these days? Yeah. <laughs> so you might see some of those Wally type people lying on some machines <laughs> and they're trying to get rid of December. Well, at least, um, at least they've identified that, the problem. You know, normally I look forward to my, my mornings at gym and there's normally some nice talent, but I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> it's kind of Wally on, 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 uh, benches and that. Anyway, so app of the week. Um, yeah. This one I actually have to give Cade credit. So Cade's my 10-year-old son. Um, it's called Share It. So it's Share and IT. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've ever – okay, so I think just to, to paint the Malay, Cade is on Android. I'm on Apple. So already you've always got clashes and issues, okay? okay. But what it – and it's, it's Android and iOS. But what Share It does, if you've ever tried to send a picture or file or something to someone, oh, you can do it with Bluetooth, place. Okay. Share it makes Bluetooth look like snail. It flies. Okay, so you can share. But this is why the little monster found it. Being an Android user and understanding what an APK is and what uh, the value of an APK folder and file is, him and his mates are taking turns and and making their pocket money last longer. So one will buy one app and then share it (laughs) to the others. Another one will buy another and share it. So they're actually transferring apps to each other, but it sends the whole package across. So I'm not advocating that we should be sharing apps. Um, you can also share free apps, but the point is, is You're that. You're not advocating for your son's no, freedom, I'm not. safety, and security either. <laughs> no, I'm not. And, uh, that's a lecture that we have had. Uh, I think now Doctor's Doom music is, is apt. But, but even what is nice about those, the Android to iOS. So you obviously can't share an app between the two. But if you've got a photo or something like that, um, it shares really well and really quickly. Music is the best because music's a pain in the ass to send over Bluetooth. Yeah. It just, you take the file and you send it. It's great. So share it, S-H-A-R-E-I-T. Um, and yeah, courtesy of a 10 year old. I mean, it's, it's like, I learned so much from this little guy. It's actually amazing. Huh? That's, it is incredible how the next generation, like we thought we were pretty smart. Yeah. And then we thought like the guys 10 years younger than us were like, Okay, smart, but I wish they just would have some humility with it. Yeah, but no, the like kids, our kids know, are doing ridiculous. some amazing stuff. Like my my three year old is she knows how to do everything on iPads and touchscreens, and it's it's insane. Well, I'm going to get a fist pump from our guest now um, because the other thing that he wants is a Windows machine because he's decided that Apple's also not for him when it comes to computers. Your son, yes, at ten. Um, I'm watching the smile. Uh, luckily her mic is off, so we don't get a comment yet. But yeah, he wants a Windows machine. I said, why do you want a Windows machine? Have you not listened to my show? Is it a Razor or a no, no, no. Predator? Or no, no. Like, then maybe I can say, So, okay. first of all, he goes, I don't have to listen to your show. I hear you talking all day long at home. <laughs> so, bazinga, number one. I mean, that's my son. But uh, no, he needs a Windows machine because he can 
put in scripts and get hacks and do things that he can't do on a Mac and he can get his games that he wants. I'm like, oh, here we go. So I'm going to have some form of disease coming into my house sometime well, soon. If you if you think of it, you, you kind of already work in the investment into your retirement. If he does it all well and he ends up being a white hat and not completely awful, then uh, it could be could be quite fortunate. Yeah. So I'm not giving Microsoft any more airtime. Or money. Or money. Of things. Well, <laughs> I, I'll capitulate it in Xbox. Because okay. at least yeah. that's fun, yeah. you know. But that's about as uh, that's about as Microsofty so, as I'm going to get. So share it was the app. Share it, Good. yeah. So tell us what happened this day and forever ago. So apparently this day throughout history has actually been quite interesting. So I've got a couple of dates if you don't mind indulging me. But sure. uh, in January of 1883 was the first electric lighting system that was employed using overhead wires built by Thomas Edison. So Thank you, Father of Electro- Electricity. That went a long way. And I think if we had to be back in 1883 doing the Futurology show then, uh, well, we couldn't because that hadn't happened yet. It was only in 1903 on this day that the first transatlantic radio transmission was originated from the United States in Massachusetts. The next day, they decided that they weren't going to do just transatlantic. They were actually going to go from U.S. and England. And now we've got people talking. So you look at these big milestones, and that was 20 years apart the first electricity wires being put in, the first radio transmission being put in. Uh, and then 20 years later uh, was the first radio telegraph message sent from the Netherlands to the Dutch East Indies. And we can do all of that on our devices that every single human being has. So, again, we probably could have started the Futurology show in 1903, but not before then. Well, we couldn't have because we we're internet-based. Not radio True based story, but if we had, <laughs> if we had rubbed two copper wires together and put them in the right uh, direction, we probably could have got something going. One of my mates who listens to the show was was chuckling about your comment last last week with CES. We started talking about CES, yes, and like if we'd been at CES in eighteen, it was Morse, you know, it was yes. like everyone yeah. coming to this big. It uh, <laughs> was like, dude, how can you even bring Morse code into a tech show? So, but it's important. That's where it comes from. Yeah, I'm actually going to turn Celeste Mike on because. Although, you know, we're at the stage where we're chatting generally, um, I think she'd probably have some nice comments and chirps, especially when I start talking about Windows and some of the next topics I can see lined up here. I know she'll want to have a go at me, but remember, I do have control of the mic. Cool. So, um, <laughs> Celeste Nordea from Pod3D, not your first time on the show, but no. your first time in our new studio. Yes, yes. What do you think? Lovely. It's nice, eh? Love it. Very nice. Of course. And what do you think of the studio? Love the studio. <laughs> All right, so um, C- Celeste is with Pod3D. It's a digital agency, and she heads up social. She's a social media wizard, guru, person, adjective, carry on. But obviously, um, well, not obviously, for those that listened the last show, we were talking more about augmented reality, and, and I think we touched on virtual reality then. We hadn't quite got into it yet. And the reason I turned your mic on is that, as you know, Brett and I talk about VR and AR every week. And this week is no different because I found some awesome pearls. So, yeah, nice to have you on the show. And please, your mic is on for now. If you get too (laughs) cheeky with me, your mic will be off for then. So, VR. Actually, I want to finish on the radio, Brett. So, 1903, transatlantic. Yes. So, what's that? 114 years-ish. Yeah. Okay. No, exactly. Oh, exactly. It's this day. <laughs> sure. Okay. I'm still, I'm still in holiday mode. Um, that, that actually is quite something. Yeah. Uh, but also what it does show us is that if you think about radio and to where we are now. Yeah. Okay. I mean, internet radio and streaming and that is what, 10 years old, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Five, 10 years Probably old. Probably about two years old. I think a lot of people have been really Not just South Africa. I'm talking yeah. about like globally, the ability to stream radio stations. Yeah. Probably about 10 years. So I was in, uh, London in 2005 and that was the beginning of the DVB, DVR thing. So the digital okay. video streaming so and, that's and all that. 10, stuff. 12 years. Yeah. All right. But in a hundred years, that's all we've achieved. Like, it's been radio. It's gotten better. Sure. But Continuous I mean, it just shows, you know, like we didn't, we didn't, do much in radio for a hundred years and then all of a sudden jump you yeah. look at what we did achieve in the last decade it's pretty terrifying very <laughs> there was a very. there was a thing on linkedin that went around and I, I don't have it open at the moment but it was a list of things that didn't exist 10 years ago no, and it's like holy crap that's amazing yeah technology is scary it and is it, it makes you wonder where we're going to be 10 years from now um or even a hundred years from now exactly. um it's you know if if the earth survives <laughs> 
Yeah, that's a big question. <laughs> Which eh? is a big question. I, I just, yeah, our kids are going to know extraordinary things and their children. I got news for you. Your kids already know extraordinary things. They're just playing it down. They do. You know, uh, to get back to what, what Brett was saying earlier, um, Carla, my two year old is, uh, loves YouTube. So <laughs> she has all her little shows that she watches on YouTube. Um, and she already knows how to skip the yeah. ad. Do you How have to YouTube kids, screen? by the way. Pardon? Do you use YouTube Kids? No. So there's a great app called YouTube Kids. I've actually heard about and it, it's, but I've never used it. If you're a parent and your, your kids are doing that and they're data thieves of note, <laughs> and you can also regulate what they watch because maybe yeah. just on open YouTube they can watch whatever they want. I they, they, they open presents and there's all these Russian people doing vampires <laughs> killing Elsa <laughs> no, and Anna no, from Frozen. No, we've got restricted mode on. So, <laughs> so YouTube Kids does a timer. Oh, no, that's so you excellent. can put a timer thing. You can restrict how much they view. So if they want to just do it before bed or whenever you want to allow them to do it. Um, but you can also put restrictive mode. So you can also be age-appropriate yes, content yes. or be served to them. So, so Yeah, I mean, she yeah. just she kind of just, like, if she doesn't like what she's watching, she knows how to minimize the screen, mm. back from full screen, yeah. go down the list, pick what she wants. And, and seamlessly, hey? Seamlessly. Just, she's too. I mean, she can't even speak properly yet. She yeah. still wears a diaper. And yeah. she can YouTube. It's, 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 it's actually incredible. Scary. Huh? It's scary. But you it's know the funny thing? Them. Yeah. But you must have fun with your kids now. So if, and I know that your family uses Android and Windows. <laughs> um, so Kate has now figured out how to put OK Google in for auto listen. So you don't actually have to open the Google app. So you can be playing Minecraft with it and go OK Google and it brings up and you can, so now oh my God. as a parent. Dave and I were just chatting about this on the way. Yeah. Here. But here's the best part. While he's playing, I walk up behind him and I go, okay, Google. So he's in the middle of a battle on this okay, window. Google. Close walk right. That's awesome, yeah. Uh, so if you want to piss your kids off, that's the best. But, you know, you're talking about YouTube kids, which I do know about, mm. um, and then screen time controls and that. This is our biggest challenge now. It's actually addictive. When we were kids, our parents were worried about sweets, Coke, um, I don't know, chips, anything. You know, that was our addiction. Yeah. This freaking internet and yeah. the always on devices. But I mean, the fights that we have with our, our mm-hmm. kids, yours is still a little bit young, but you've got kids as old as mine and, and younger. It's ridiculous, mm. you know, and if you put a parent app on, they override it. Yeah. They Google it and they figure out how to override. I mean, it's, it's, it's very scary. It's terrifying. It's mad. There was a great picture in, again, in, in LinkedIn, there was a share, uh, where, when we were as, when we were kids, like our parents had to like drag us into the house. Like it's time to come in now. It's it's getting too dark. Stop playing outside. I hope that's type of the lifestyles mm. that we were living when we were kids. <laughs> yeah. Today it's like you need to go outside. Did yes. you realize that there's actually there's something happening? There's a tree to climb. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Go break is, an arm. Is there, isn't there an app? You're four. You isn't haven't broken anything. Isn't there an app for that? Exactly. <laughs> no, it's it's. I mean, we've just we we didn't go away um, over December because we're busy renovating. And, uh, so we, ha- we spent a lot of time at home and, and my kids are very fortunate in the fact that they've got, um, a very large garden. We've got animals mm. and a tree house and bikes and pools and everything. And most days, um, because we limit Xbox time to an hour a day, strict, strict rule, yeah. obviously being in technology, we know that this could become a problem quite quickly and we've got all the gadgets and gizmos because of what we do mm. and, uh, they would get bored. They would drive me insane because we have nothing to do. Yeah, but, you know, go play outside. Go t- yeah. climb in your treehouse. Go swim. Go. We got them one of these pogo sticks for Chris. They, they, they actually don't know what to do with themselves if they're not sitting in front of a flat screen or in front of a tablet or a phone. Um, so and it is something that as parents, we. The Wally humans are yes. going to be real if we don't start. Yeah, but it actually starts chasing at school, though, right? It does. You start actually have to blame school to a point as well yeah. because now the kids are using tablets in school. Yeah. So they're like, but I'm working. You know, mm. no, but you're not. Minecraft does not work. No, no, exactly. it's a project. Anyway, it's just, I don't know. There isn't a solution for it. There's probably, we could probably do seven shows on this topic. Oh, sure. But the scary thing is, is that, you know, in the old days, you learned from your parents. I think it's now role reversal. We're learning from our kids, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, anyway, so I want to go into VR. Did you have something? No? Yeah. Oh, just on that topic of like going out and getting stuff done. Like, yeah. how are we going to find our next sportsman? Because on this day <laughs> in 2015 okay. was the day that AB de Villiers made the fastest century in one day cricket. So he Which made was? 100 runs and 31 balls. That's ridiculous. Wow. And it was two years ago today. So he's coming up for the next round of games coming up. And I really hope he can do that again. But we're going to lose that type of sportsman if we don't get kids doing stuff. And if schools don't start implementing a reason for, 
playing sport, going outside, doing something mm-hmm. else. And there's certain things you can't, like motor coordination, I don't think it's going to improve by just mm-hmm. watching a video on it. I have to admit, though, at our school, our, our children are forced to do extramurals. Um, okay. I don't know if it's like that at all schools. Our, my kids are obviously in Afrikaan school, so it's yeah. very old school. Um, but they are forced to do to do two extramurals. So whether they choose athletics, tennis, karate, whatever, they have to do it. Mm. And I think that's a great way of schools implementing the yeah. fact that you still do need to be active. You yes. know, even though we do live in a time where technology has made everything so simple and easy, it's yeah. important to be outside. It's important to take part in competitive and team sports. It, it really is. It's it's such a big part of their social development. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think we're very lucky in the sense that that they are forced yeah. to do um, to do sports. So but normally I would say, well, not normally because it's new. Like send a WhatsApp if you want to chat to us. But I see because it's a Windows machine, our <laughs> WhatsApp machine, our WhatsApp uh, engine is not working. So don't send a WhatsApp. Uh, but yeah, hit us on Twitter. Um, hashtag Futurology. Hashtag Futurology. Well, I have someone in here who might be fixing our WhatsApp, so I'll stay tuned. But anyway, so I want to move into VR. Um, there's a company called Hypersuit have just launched the exoskeleton. Okay. So cool. basically you put on your, your headset and then you lie down in the flying position and you fly and you can be, but you can play like plane simulation fighting games like dog fighting. So your whole body movement will move. So it kind of takes the whole remote control off the table, which has always been a challenge that we've had when we chat about VR. Um, Again, concepts, uh, very expensive hardware, but the thing is that they're thinking about it. Um, so basically, Hypersuit Exoskeleton, definitely something to watch. Um, and then, uh, this is an interesting one, seeing we're talking about kids and that. They are now calling for a VR standards of ethics. Okay, so whoever they are, you know, the famous they. So the Virtual Reality Society has outlined that they have two ethical concerns. First, that users could become desensitized to realistic violence. Now, we've talked about that before. You're in this world and you're shooting shit, you know. Um, And then the second is that criminal activity can occur in VR, such as child pornography. Because you're locked off from everything else in your own private world and your own private thing, Mm. people can't actually, inverted commas, see what you're seeing and what you're doing. So they're now discussing how violent games should have age restrictions, which I know they do already. I mean, I've seen like that new Mortal Kombat had an 18 on it and it said something. No, really, 18. You know, it wasn't like you can still buy it for your kids like people did with Grand Theft Auto and that. Um, but also they, they need to establish a moral code. Now, how do you establish a moral code in a society that's becoming so immoral where you can go and kill things and shoot and chop and change all in real time? So I don't know. But they're now looking at putting a standard of ethics together. So they're trying to regulate the unregulated, well, I suppose. There was, I mean, that was the discussion we had with Brett uh, Sinclair at the end of last year was how things like blockchain are starting to regulate digital process and how social media is going to become a little bit more regulated or uh, more accountable for some of the things that are being done. So there's, it crosses so many legislative juris- jurisdictions through the world that it's hard to regulate because it is a global thing. Sure. So and apart from taking China's approach and just getting rid of it completely, uh, things like Facebook and Twitter, are, you've got, there's got to be some regulation and they are going to start doing some sort of share chain, blockchain type of vibes happening on there. Okay, but here's the question. And I think it's important. Who's, that who's some, responsible for that? Though? So, but it comes down to censorship as well. And one of the, one of the key Winning things around the internet in this open source collaborative world is that, you know, censorship's sort of fallen a little by the wayside, but we need to have some sort of protection, especially over, we're talking about YouTube kids and, and, and people getting involved, but yes, it's virtual reality. Yes, it's a game, but people are still being, you know, the brain paths are being created where, mm-hmm. you know, violence is, is okay. And there's that, that whole psychological argument that violence incites violence. So, yeah, absolutely. And this is not just a problem with virtual reality. This has been a problem since, Second life came Correct. out, and yeah. and people could emerge themselves in a world that that no, that cut them off from from the real world. Yeah. Uh, so so I don't think virtual reality as such is really um, where it needs to be regulated. Like you yeah. said, but I think I think it needs to be regulated on a global scheme. Yeah. Um, in terms of gaming, but then also network gaming, anything where you can connect into reality. That that's, that's social media is a great example. Exactly, and, and it's getting more real. It is getting more real. It is getting more real. And it's, it's, it's so much easier to be in contact with the world now. Yeah. Um, but you, it's, yeah. 
Yeah, you connect it's, from your phone. <laughs> exactly. There's there's so many points of connection, and the thing is, we can climb into the bandwagon and say technology this and VR that, and it's not just it's not technology's fault. It's not VR's fault. I mean, when we were kids, we played with guns. We used to play cops and robbers and uh, cowboys and Indians, and there was there was that type of stuff that you know parents would regulate. It, it was still available, but there was still parental requirement, and I think that's parenting needs to. Get up there. I think there needs to be better apps for how how we parent things. If if we're going to be that connected, one hundred percent. It's it's down to humanity to actually start regulating. We shouldn't rely on the platforms and the technology to regulate. Nobody regulated whether you could buy a BB gun in the in the pick and pay. You just you know <laughs> All the society, society and people. So <laughs> that's the the fear of the the future of humans that I'm sort of subtopicking yeah. this, this chat about is. How do we regulate ourselves with the technology that we have access to? It's not the technology's fault. It's society. Well, leading off on that, it's going to get worse. Um, they did a recent poll for gamers, a game developers. Sorry. Yeah. And I know everyone's seeing this room develops and produces cool stuff. They found that more of them are interested in VR headsets than the Xbox One. So I'm talking about obviously now yeah. the guys that are building for platform. Yeah. All right. They did a poll of four and a half thousand developers. Now that's that's substantial. Yep. It's not like they went and spoke to three people. Remember that we had that one quote the other day. It was like they asked ten people something. It's like what? Um, it was like our phone doesn't do this. Three out of four people yeah. make up seventy five percent of the world's population. Yeah, there's this four and a half thousand developers that actually developed the last game developers conference, and they said that uh, in, in the last three years they've been to a game conference. Yeah, and they are currently developing titles for VR. Yeah, um, and doing so more. Then they're worrying about like the Xbox or PlayStation. One of the stats. So that's of, interesting. One of the stats coming out of CES around that is um, on the CES.tech website. Seventy-seven percent of consumers are willing to purchase VR equipment. So anybody saying, "Oh, VR is just a fad or it's not going anywhere," it doesn't look like it's going to go anywhere yeah. anytime soon. Um, and with seventy-seven percent of consumers willing to actually spend the money on some of these more expensive VR solutions, we don't just want Google Cardboard anymore. We want a fully immersive, high definition. Ready to rock and roll, engaging solution, um, and it, that's where I'm leading into the age of experience. We we know that this technology is available. Now we want it to be great. We don't just want to have something that can do it. We want something that can do it well, um, and that's that's sort of hu- the human need. And to take it to market. I mean, to yeah. use it to use it as a marketing tool. It's it's a fantastic marketing tool. Yeah. Uh, like you know, like like augmented reality was. I just think virtual reality is is the logical next step. Exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, in fact, look. Apple's hedging AR. I mean, I'm going to discuss some of that a bit later on as well. But Built they, in AR, which is nice. They, yeah, they're looking at that. But I think you can't get to VR without AR. The learnings of AR have helped us create now VR and MR, mixed reality. Yeah. I see our WhatsApp numbers back up. So if anyone does want to chat in on it, 078-748-2090. And I've tweeted it out as well. Or just hit us, hit us on Twitter and hashtag Futurology. Excellent. So now I'm going to have to... Maybe see if I really am a man of my word or if I'm like Trevor Noah and the rest of them that said, if Trump gets in, we're all leaving. <laughs> but Nokia has confirmed the Android release. Now, I've always said that the day that Nokia makes an Android Trump will be phone, the president. <laughs> it was yeah, your fault. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Um, I've always said that the day they make an Android phone, I will probably give up iOS. So... Um, it has been slated. The Nokia N6 will release in China. It will release with Nougat. So Nougat is now Android 7. So it's the latest version. I've seen some pictures of it and I must say it is a super sexy device. Oh, really? It does it, it, they've taken the learnings of the Lumia, which was a yeah. sexy device as well, except for it had windows on it. And, um, it really is a good looking device. Um, they're saying that it might be as early as March that it hits Europe. So we could start to see Nokia coming back from the dead. Um, will they challenge Samsung? Look, at least their batteries won't blow up. Um, we hope. But um, you saw that picture of the, I charged my Samsung yes. Note Seven in my Ford Cougar. There's <laughs> a nuclear fallout. Okay, so brilliant. for those listening overseas, we have a car here called the Ford Cougar, which is like a big eco sport. I don't know what it's badged over. I don't know if it's escape around the world. It might be the Escape. Yeah. You're right. And we've had 45 Which of them. Which is all you want to do if you're in one. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, we've had 45 of them catch on fire. And, yeah. um, so yeah, the jokes have been going around yeah. between using a Note 7 and a, and a, and a Ford Cougar. In fact, the best was there was a pile of ashes and it was like food caught, Ford Cougar going cheap. And I was like, no, I actually wanted the blue one. I don't like this gray color. 
But anyway, so I want to, I want to go. Sorry, yeah, going yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. A couple of years ago, Ford, when Ford made that partnership with Microsoft where they were going to put the sync technology, the Bluetooth sync technology yes. into cars. And I said, well, there goes the neighborhood. Like the Ford, I mean, back in the day, Ford was called found on road dead or fixed repair daily. And there's all those jokes of that. Now it's like fiery on road. Um, something. fire on road daily or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So. I always joked like I don't want to buy a Ford that's got Microsoft in it because it would like you'd literally get a blue screen error in the fast lane of the highway, and it's terrifying when stuff like that actually starts to happen. Not that I'm blaming the link between Microsoft and Ford, but you can't predict these things. You shouldn't <laughs> be able to predict these things, and it's kind of scary when somebody does playfully predict these things and something awful happens. No, absolutely. Um, but what's happened in the sort of age of experience and technology is that services come to the fore. It's about how you react to things that are happening in marketplaces or products or services, and just one thing, like I drive a Ford, um, but I was I a bit, admit that. I was a bit disappointed <laughs> in Ford's reaction to what was happening, and I think there's a lot of accountability because of consumers now these days. The connected consumer is holding a lot of brands accountable and products accountable, and I think you're going to see a lot more of that. So Ford is maybe just the beginning of it because it's so on the Ford people are literally burning, but. <laughs> There's Ford won't be sponsoring our show. Samsung no. won't be oh, sponsoring sorry, our show. <laughs> there was, there was uh, no. Microsoft won't be sponsoring. We're doing well. Look, we're well, a- Apple. Apple might. I think Apple being, doesn't do shit. I think for being anyone. brand agnostic allows us to possibly look at uh, telling the truth a lot more. And yeah. I think that's one yes. of the key things. I think there's not enough of that. No, definitely. Days. No, you're right. But we haven't ha- sold out. But all brands. If you have a brand or a product that goes to lots and lots of people, and if something goes wrong with it, own it. Like yeah. live up to. You'll probably get more kudos out of. I agree, owning 100%. it and it being better forefront customer experience than hiding it. Forty-five people, what? Come on. <laughs> I agree, but what do you say? <laughs> well, like, the, how would you handle that kind of? Why don't you answer fallout? that question? I mean, you run social. What happens? Let's take one of your clients. Don't, don't even say name nothing. It. No, 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 no. I, I completely agree. Um, and I think obviously the go-to generic response would be something like, "We are investigating why this has happened. Please give us some time." Blah blah blah. Um, that kind of thing. But I think. In some situations, you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah, I think this is probably one of those situations. Yes. But are you more damned if you do? And that's, that's, I actually We've got to get back into the Nokia Android discussion because this is a massive segue that we've just jumped into. No, no, no. I just wanted to mention Nokia. <laughs> yeah. I was actually using Nokia to lead into HTC, funny enough. But, and you know me, look, a squirrel. But this is my point, okay? And I'm going to, and this is why I also wanted you on the show today. I had a problem with a, Company brand, I'm, I'm seeing your mouth curl You've because I know, and you're going to say that. But so do you, and so does everyone else. No, here's my, here's my problem. I had a problem with a company that was doing something wrong, so I did the good old fashioned thing, and I picked up a telephone because this is what my father-in-law says. Why don't you just phone? Because <laughs> it doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't. So I phoned. And I got bounced to another division. You know how you do? Mm. Oh, no. Sorry, you've come through to the X division. And I'm definitely not going to bury them because my thing hasn't been resolved yet. And I, 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 read, re- some, I read something on. Yeah, yeah. You did. There yeah, was yeah. something on Facebook. But I'm just saying. Yeah. So I, I do it. I do it. I do it. I do it. And eventually. No, that was a different one. And eventually <laughs> I get cut off. So I'm now on the fifth or the sixth or whatever frust- it is. It's so So I put yeah. the phone down. I pick up my phone. Like. I disconnect the phone call and I use my phone for what it should be used, which is social. And I jumped on and I tagged them and I buried them. And within an hour, I got a notification or a phone call or something like that. It hasn't resolved the problem, but I got the reaction. So as a community manager, someone, and I know you run multiple accounts. I know I've worked with you over the years. But the point is, is that if something like this Ford Cougar or even the Samsung Note, Samsung owned it, Brett. Yeah, they they did. owned it. They made a recall. They even made an effort to kill the phones. Mm. My, my colleague had a Note 7 and he got a notification saying, you have not returned your phone. It will terminate on the 12th of December. <laughs> One way or another, this thing it is actually ticking. popped up. It will brick. Okay. Please bring it in now and you've got a Google Pixel and happy, happy, happy. But mm. the point is, Surely you have to own it. Even if it's a bad you thing, you abso- have to own it. You absolutely have to own it. You have to own it as a brand and you have to take responsibility for your yeah. products. Absolutely. The the question from my side is not always whether you're going to own it. How do you own it? Yeah. What do you do? Uh, how do you turn it around into something positive? Yeah. Have you got some quick tips on that? I mean, as you know, there's, there's brands out there that are obviously still running their own. Give us a golden rule. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's, it's a case of like, 
we threw a big train smash at you. What do you do? Do you speak to the client first? If you're outsourcing, if you're insources, do you go to your bosses? Do you just react? What's the right do's I and mean, don'ts? Each of the brands I run is obviously different. Sure. Um, so a lot of the brands do require us to go back to client with, um, you know, various suggestions from our side, but not necessarily uh, reacting from our side. And then some of the brands have obviously given us free reign um, as we've worked with them over many years. Mm. The kind of things, yeah. So, um, I think if there was a massive fallout like that, obviously you would meet with your client and you would, you would suggest having a campaign to, to limit the fallout and, um, and break, break the damage. So, like you said, Samsung did, yeah. called the phones and, and went out onto social media yeah. saying this was our screw up. Yeah. Uh, something has gone wrong, but this is what we are doing to rectify the situation. Yeah. If you have an issue, call us here, email us here, mm. um, tweet at us. Uh, the interesting thing is, and, and this might be a little bit off topic, is that… I think we're very nothing, much off topic for futurology at the moment. But <laughs> okay, we'll yeah. go back on topic. <laughs> if I, just um, in closing, is a lot of companies have taken social media as a, as a great way to communicate with them. Yeah. Uh, and one of those, strange enough, is City of Johannesburg. So okay, yeah. if you have That's an issue strange. with… No, <laughs> listen, um, I have to give kudos to City yeah. of Johannesburg. If you've got an issue, you can now log it through Twitter. Yep. Directly at and you the, handle. the hashtag, yeah. You, um, they give you a reference number over Twitter, and you can follow up on that reference. What a number. great way of getting fast responsive thing to a large Absolutely. audience. Have you tried phoning City of Johannesburg? I've, in I've got a, I've got a, I've tried phoning them. Yeah, phoning them is awful. It's, it's, it's you, you, you sit on the phone for hours and hours yeah. and hours because they're all busy on Twitter. So just exactly, get them to yeah. Twitter. So, City of Johannesburg sponsor our show. <laughs> Please, <laughs> but um, we had a we had a cable in our road that fell down, broke. It was it was an open exposed cable, so obviously this is a danger for people, pedestrians and that. Um, and we reported only through Twitter. They were there in like twenty minutes. Got an SMS update. So, yes, if you guys do need to contact those kind of, I know I think Joburg Water is the same. Yeah, you can contact them through Twitter and and do do everything now. So, guys, you need to get onto Twitter because it it's that's the awesome. way everything's going. But that's yep. again customer service. It's, yes, it's, it's going to lead so age experience is going to lead to brands engaging with customers in a, in a way that See, we services went round about better. and came back to no, but age that's of experience. The thing. That's, you've, yeah, philosophers have got a way of justifying a lot of discussions. Exactly. Right. But, so, um, you've got yeah. to, no, no, I've got to finish the thought because you've got, <laughs> you've got to, you've got to make sure that the service is always at the fore. And I think Ford have kind of got, and I, I do want to stop this, but Ford have gotten into a problem where they're like the ombudsman got involved yes. before they did something. Yes. Yeah. No, and that's, that's the, a problem. Yeah. No, so a you've problem. got to try and be in the age of experience and the age of instant connectivity. There is no excuse for not being proactive with mm. fixing a problem. If you can see something going pear-shaped, it's all about the experience. It's all about what people are going to say because it takes more to dig yourself out of a, a terrible a experience surface hole yeah. than it does to sort of proactively get in front of the train. Absolutely. No, I agree. Okay. And I think we're done with that topic for now. We can bring it up. If somebody ever has anything else, we don't want this to be a bitch and moan session. But <laughs> no. it, these are important. I think sometimes we need that place to vent. Yes. Correct. We'll stop Wednesday it now. is twelve we'll to one. Yeah. So, <laughs> from Android to twelve. Oh, yeah. From from uh, Android to social and Ford and City of Johannesburg, back to HTC. Okay. Nokia. The the no, Nokia, Nokia six. Yes. And there's already rumors of a Nokia eight. Yes. Because it, no, it'll be size and process ah, adjustment. Check. So they're going with the number process. No, no, I can. I worked. I did work for Nokia. I worked in the Nokia piece of business when I was still in agency days. Yeah. They always released an eight and a nine. Yeah. Always. And the eight would do da 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 and the nine would do, it was a size difference, yeah. it was a process well, difference. The so there was always a, a, a dual release at the same in fact Nokia was slated over the entire career or or presence about flooding the market with multiple phones because yeah. there was always another Nokia phone They're coming out. catering for a while. But that's why. They yeah. actually are catering. So if they prepare to gear up and do the production and it doesn't affect the price, Jeez. then don't slate it. There's yeah. a phone for you. So the Nokia 8 is also called the Nokia Supreme. So that'll See, be interesting. But there it is. Yeah. So they, they change it. So 6 will be the entry and, and 8 will be the, the big boy. Yeah. Um, Nokia, if you're listening, 8 for me, please. So HTC, I must say, I've Always loved HTC. It's one of the most underrated brands out there. They've won numerous awards and even handset of the year at Mobile World Congress. Yeah. But now I have to give them a slap across the head. No. They've gone up <laughs> with, the, they've come up with their stupid dual screen thing. Remember we saw that dual screen along yep. the LG? Where it's not really, it's not really off. a dual screen, but it's a little thing. Yep. Why? Why copy them? And if they are, is this the new trend we're going to see? I don't know if you've seen what I'm talking about. Like there's a phone, um, I think it's the LG. Mm-hmm. So you got your normal screen, right? But then right at the top, mm. it's like almost an emoticon action bar. So when your screen goes off, it like looks goes like dark, that's there. 
So if a message comes, you can tap it. It's like a quick launcher, mm, mm. like a launch bar on a, on a, yeah. on a computer. So as far as I know, LG pioneered it. HTC, you're welcome to prove me wrong, but I only saw yours after I saw theirs. Mm-hmm. So I really hope we're not going this route where all the phones are going to start coming. You don't need it. It's, it's called an app mm. and it's called a quick launcher. Um, well, the, the, but, the two big things to answer on sort of your mobile phones at the moment is bigger screens, bigger, better screens and bigger, better battery life. Bigger, better, better. So it's all, well, it's always going to be bigger, better. That's the idea of tech. It's mm. what's, what, how do we get people to buy it? But the screens specifically, but linked to the screens, it's going to be battery. Battery is a big issue. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know, it's funny is that we had trends where we had these, like we started with phones being big because they had to be, you had to put shit inside them. Mm. Then they went like really small. Do you remember little Ericsson and little Nokias? Talking about that Nokia, do you remember that little red one? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. The 3310 or something I think that was. It had silver buttons. I actually it remember that. It was tiny. That actually played music as well. It was yes. like an, almost an MP3. Do you player. remember when Bambi came out? Jeez, guys. <laughs> hey, I remember watching. No, I was like, how big did they get before they got small? I remember watching the, the Titanic sink. Huh? Bricks. I remember bricks. <laughs> the, this Ericsson's that came out. I carried one of those, the communicator, <laughs> and you had the keyboard. But now we've seen the last last couple of years, I think, maybe two, three years of the big screen, the, the phablet, the 5.5 yeah. inch above. Everyone was saying it's going to go small again. I don't think so. But you I see think the, our the, the first for, for consumption, we're staying six inch. It's going to be standard. The phasing phablet, the idea of this in-between device out, it's it's very much – this is a tablet now. This is a phone. It hasn't worked. Hey? The phablet side of it. It was like the – the laser, I, I the laser disc though. of phones. No, but I love my. Do you, do you actually make phone calls on your phablet? Well, I use a plus. Oh, so, so it's that's not. I don't count on a phablet. It's no. still no. under the six mark. But if yes. it went to six, even I'd be happy. I don't think but I'd have a problem. I mean, imagine like. I did what some I have seen I did people do. No, I've seen people <laughs> come with an iPad. And it looks like ridiculous. an iPad uh, mini guys, at their heads. Don't you know? do that. And you have to use your entire hand flat on the back of your device to squish <laughs> it against your hand. Get a headset. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I I'm going to call it for this year though. I'm going to see. I'm going to say that the sector is going to be the 5.5 inch above. Yeah, I That's, think I think I the think, Nokia is going to going to knock a lot of that. It's going to dictate a lot of how that works as well. I'm actually very excited this about that. This device for the masses. I must be honest. Um, but anyway, but I think by by June this year, mm. we're going to see some amazing tech. And you hit the nail there with battery. They've got to solve this battery problem because the screens are getting bigger. The pro- I mean, one of the phones I'm going to talk about now has got eight gigs of RAM yeah, that's in a great. phone. But you could probably cook a cup of coffee on that thing <laughs> when, it, when the processor starts clocking. <laughs> yeah. So – just back to Pod 3D as well. I mean, we make content for these devices. So it's one thing that all this great technology exists, but most of the time we use it to access great apps or great content. Um, that then alludes to marketing and strategy. Are you seeing a lot of new strategy being mobile first or device first strategies? Or are people still adopting, let's do everything everywhere all the time and hope that something will work? Well, you know, right, we kind of, we always get the question, uh, when we sit with clients, and this happens so often, and, and even when other Brett and I, B1, yeah. B1, and I used to work together years ago, we, um, often got clients asking us, we need an app. And I would you say, you do all the education. Yeah. Um, why yeah. do you need an app? No, no, everyone has an app. Yeah. People so are the, downloading apps. Yes, people, we need an app. So the question that I always pose to clients is, what do you need your app yes, to do? 100%. What do you need your clients to do? What are you trying to achieve? Yeah. What are you trying to achieve? If you're trying to achieve sales, are you trying to achieve customer support? Are you, you know, why would you want people to download your app? Because apps, there's so much crap out there, yeah. you know, in terms of apps. Apps need to have um, a very definite function. It either needs to be very entertaining in terms of a game or it needs to be educational. Yeah. Um, but People are putting apps out there all the time, and yeah. and I just kind of feel like an app needs to be a very practical, very user friendly. Mm. It must have a purpose. Must have a purpose, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but we are finding a lot of our clients are are um are kind of leaning back towards web now. Um, Responsive web, mobile yes. first. We called that six months ago. Huh? Yeah. yeah, the Apple, the Apple Da. Yeah. Uh, in fact, B three. So Brett Saint Clair, he said he actually made a very valid comment for someone like a bank. Where you've got so much security requirements and passwords and authentication, apps won't die. You'd mm. have to always have that thing well, that on your device. Is, is yeah. Incredible, yeah. yeah. Um, but for the brand, um, we don't need apps anymore. 
we just go straight to the responsive site because yeah. let's be honest, when they're inside your app and they're doing something, then they're going to click out to your website anyway. Absolutely. So just go straight to the absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, okay, so absolutely to AR because we do love AR. So th- this article was called Royal Phillips, and I didn't quite get it until I actually started reading. I didn't know that Phillips, as in the electronic company, yeah. they called Royal Phillips. And this oh. is just this branch somewhere. But Royal Phillips, I'm going to quote it as it is, um, have developed AR that can help provide surgeons um, access to their patients through surgical procedures. So what they're saying is the technology is designed that the surgeons perform image-guided open and minimum invasive spine surgery. So in the old days, if you had to have spine surgery or back surgery, they would literally cut you from the top to the bottom and fuse discs and whatever they need to do. But they literally splayed you like a a spatchcock chicken. They were chunk. Yeehaw, there's an image. Now they say just a small insertion, (laughs) and this is obviously where Philips comes into it. They put in a little um, camera. Is it laparoscopic? You know, you're too technical for me. Mm. I don't know. Three points. Um, (laughs) But then the the camera will overlay an augmented reality view onto the patient. So the doctor can see, inverted commas, what's happening inside without having to go inside. That's incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. So they're literally talking about pinhole cameras and they make a hole, put it in, it'll augment so they can see, oh, well, there's the problem or there's the nerve that's trapped, whatever. And then they only have to target that area. So then they actually cut you open to find out what's wrong. Less invasive. 100%. Now, if they're doing that on the spine, then obviously you start looking at the next things, your bypass, your, um, when they have to do the, the colon, colonoscopies and that, they just shove a thing down your mouth and you have to swallow it and it goes all the way through your intestines and, you know, mm. now, small insertion, put the camera in and actually augment it on top of the patient. That's the only way I can describe it. Mm. Um, I, I just think that's, that's a great use of augmented so, reality. So take a bold prediction for like, 25 to 50 years from now, like the RPC Clark type prediction. <laughs> and that type of stuff is great, but we're also looking at nanotechnology and medicine as well. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before you have like location based services within a body telling nanotechnology where the kidney is or the appendix is and going in via whatever orifice that they can get in <laughs> and getting it sorted out via without literally Sounds having like a any horror cuts. movie. Attack of the nanobots. Yeah. A bunch of nanobots go inside you. They grab whatever it is they want and they come and deliver it to you some other way. Yeah. Like it's out of you by another means. But that, that's stuff that could, could start to happen. But eventually, you just have a person that checks into a booth and says, I'm here for my appendectomy. I'm going to sit here or lie down here for a little while. And, think those, and some guy connects in from India probably and <laughs> says, <laughs> We're probably, I need a pre- I've got a preset for an appendectomy. Okay, fantastic. You're a human. Let's do a scan. You have an appendix. That's fantastic. You that's are human. News. That's two things you've checked off. And you're still living at this current point in time. Fantastic. Push go. That's nanobots attack. Yeah. Rock and roll. But I mean – why that could be the future. Okay, so I'll tell you where the problem's going to come. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier. We know that voice is the future. Everything's voice controlled. Mm. So you're lying there, your little bot's inside, your phone rings, you pick up, you go, oh, my heart is broken. And the little bot hears that and goes, oh, shit. And then straight to the heart. <laughs> okay, Google. <laughs> okay, Google. Have you seen that video? It was floating around on Facebook with that guy with the Scottish accent that was trying to get Eleven. the elevator. Yeah. Eleven. Uh, Eleven. <laughs> Are you having a go at Siri? I'm sorry, I have a go at Siri. Siri and Apple Maps are the two waste of time products that have come out of Apple. Google Maps is amazing. I agree 100%. I like Waze on the Mac. No, but that's also, I I use Waze as well. Crowdsourced. Um, Only because you want to see where the roadblocks are. No, (laughs) that's not true. Pig Um, (laughs) So that was a nice way of me leading into Apple. So they are rumored to release augmented reality glasses. Now I know augmented go, reality go like glass. You see, like and you people are going to yeah. say, "Oh, it's called Google Glass." It's not because Google Glass failed, and you'll like this part. Or it's Microsoft's. What was this? Um, Holo- Hololens. Hololens. No, but they didn't make a glass properly. They made like a whole freaking helmet. Hololens yeah. is a whole, and and we gave we gave Microsoft kudos on Hololens um, conference when they put the whole. Avatar do the at your and, table. And the Facebook VR ARs. Why be. this will work where glass failed? First of all, Coles Ice. Okay? So they've gone to the guys that are leading lens technology. Yeah. We know this their space in VR already. Um, but they have six hundred engineers working on just the three D sensor. Typical Apple fashion, over engineer everything, get it to you know make sure um, there are no bubbles. They've they've 
they've headhunted Magic Leap's former employees and they've headhunted Oculus Research scientists as well. Yeah. So you've got some incredible powerhouse people working because they want to push experience but they're going with glasses they're Mm. not google glass failed because it was a have you ever looked through google glass it's actually terrible it's Mm. like you've got a dot in your eye Mm. so it's a little thing that sits here yes and then you kind of like look up into it and it it, inverted commas projects onto your eye this will be glasses so the colzeis lens will manufacture your prescription glasses and it'll have the intelligence inside the glass using sensor tech that's incredible and they're talking about this year so maybe this I'll, year, 2017 yeah, yeah, yeah. still. Yeah, they're talking. Again, you never know with Apple. That's uh, a great idea. The, the phone's going to make coffee. It's going to get you, I don't know, Angelina Joni's phone number. I don't know. Apple can, can do everything. But apparently this year we're going to see some form of augmented reality play. Now, Celeste, you know this. With uh, Mateo, okay, which was probably undisputed the best AR engine in the world, Hands they down. bought them. Yeah, I know they did. So they yeah. bought the best engine. They've engaged the guys at Pioneer Oculus. They're getting Israelis to work on sen- sensors for them, which is the same as getting Indians to work on a call center. You just don't get better. <laughs> um, you know? So we're going to see, uh, and if they're talking about this year, and, and, uh, what's his name? Tim. He's been talking about AR now for two or three years. Okay. You've got Project Tango. You've got all these things that are playing in the aerospace. Apple has to do something. Mm. Do you know if you've got, if they've got Mateo behind them? That's what I'm saying. And the Janae. It's been I mean, two years, those, eh? Those they've like had Mateo for two years, uh, yeah. a year. Yeah. A whole year they've already had them. Closed shop done. I remember that was a big blow for us. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, being that we, we are Janae certified and we, we had all their software and had bought all their licensing yeah. and everything. It was a massive blow for us when they decided, well, guys, we're going to close shop. We've been bought out. Goodbye. Um, and we kind of got a, a month's notice, which yeah, is great. Do you remember? I remember that. It was a very expensive month for us. <laughs> it and was, at the yeah. end of the year as well. Happy, yes. happy holidays. Yes. So, um, so no, they, they've got to come out with something amazing. And I think they know it. Yeah. Uh, cause everyone's kind of had a stab a bit at it. Some, some have been better than others, but they, they've got to, they've got to make good. So, I, and I think we'll see it. I think when's we will. the, when's the big thing? It's September, huh? Apple. It's usually they, September. They're, they're probably going to have two this year. Yeah, they always have the iPad, MacBook yeah. story now, like March. And then they have Apple Music. The iTunes Festival is like July. And then they I do the, the September. I think the Google Developer Conference will be pretty interesting. Yeah, so they've year. done some incredible stuff. Uh, we were quite excited after the last Yeah, time. they've we done. a two-hour slot just to go and talk about that. So. They've done. Well, we were supposed to wrap up on CS, and I see we're yeah. almost at the top of the hour again. So I'm going to just leave it. and, and I, I think the wrap-up of CS will be the next six months, to be yeah. honest, because I think there's so much the that's, that's happened. Out. And there's always new stuff. And it's, it's actually sometimes more important to see how it impacts the consumer space rather than just saying, well, we predict that this might be cool. When it actually hits the space and we see what people are doing with it, that's yeah. where the true test is. So, ITSA, like EAT and SA, ITSA, it's not somewhere in South Africa, it's actually in, it's in America. It's the first um, fast food chain with zero human interaction. It is the coolest thing. Brett, Google it. If you find the link, push it out there. I'm going to try and describe it because this is obviously a listening experience, not a visual one. But basically, you walk into the shop and they've got these podiums with iPads or whatever the tablet is, and you choose your food. Okay, so it's very healthy food. It's like quinoa and kale and salads and all these type of things. Awesome. So you select it, you add your dressing, you don't add your dressing, you know, whatever you want to do. You push the button, you pay. So you're paying on the device, it's all taken care of. And then. If you ever looked at those sci-fi movies when people sleep in those like bunks, like they've got these rows of bunks with little glass doors. If you picture like many, they actually look like microwaves. So picture maybe 20 or 30 microwaves all on top of each other. The window, the glass is smart glass. So your number and name appears when your food's ready. So the window gets like this red circle, like 41, that's your order number. Or if you've put your name into the system, we'll say, Celeste, your food is ready. And then behind is the kitchen. So the people get the order. They make the food. They prep and they put it in. And then you just lift up the glass and take it out. But the front end of the shop is totally, totally zero human human interaction. That is cool. You know, Mm. you get the robots that make stuff for you. And um, I think you get some robot bars and robot coffee bars. But in a high society where people are eating fast on the go, now you've got a healthy option where you're not standing in a queue. Because to employ a person at minimum wage is so many dollars. Now you've got tablets and you can put 50 tablets in if you want. You know what I mean? So your queue is reduced. Your people are, are creating what they want. 
the people put the stuff together, whack it in. It's a, but just the experience, that I whole experience. The space is clean and, it's, and it's, it is, and, and it is. It's yeah. white. Oh. This, this little logo glows up on the screen telling your number's ready. I was. Cool. Yeah, check it out. I, it, you find it and you yeah. tweet it out. Awesome. Where is this? Where? In the States, they've done the, the first States. one. Itza. Okay. Itza. I guarantee you'll see one in Dubai next because sure. that's where the guys will take the concept to prove it and then you'll see a global rollout. Cool um, website, man. It is nice, It's eh? a great website. It, it, the and whole experience. Touching it, feeling it, the engagement. I'm, I, I'm sure the food's great. Guys, we're, we're at the, we're at the top of the hour. Um, yeah. we, we like going to get fingers soon. Um, <laughs> I wanted to also do one other thing. Like mm. you go back to this day and time. I got that. I like digital jargon because we work yeah. in this, live in this world where there's just so, so much, much jargon. Much. So, do you know what growth hacking means? Do you? Anyone? Growth hacking. I think hacking. you told me. Uh, I probably tell everyone everything. I just don't even remember <laughs> half the time. So I'm going to tell you because we're running out of time. So growth hacking is a process of rapid experimentation across marketing channels and product development to identify the most effective, efficient ways. To grow a business. Oh. So what they're saying is growth hackers are not only marketers anymore. Mm-hmm. Now they're engineers, product managers um, that actually focus on building and engaging a user base. Okay. And that's what Eats is all about. Cool. They've actually sat down. They've said, how do we make something that's marketable? Bringing your marketing yeah. people. <clears throat> Excuse me. How do we make it that you want to touch it? Yeah. Bring in a UI experience, a UX yeah. designer like you just said from the website. Yeah. And then when you walk into the shop, you bring in an engineer or an architect, whatever. So growth hacking is what we're going to start cool. seeing this year. So when guys start talking about we need a growth hack or whatever, they're not actually talking about a hack, like in the traditional mm. hackathon or whatever. It's a growth hacking. How so to help your business through growth hacking. In the, in the lean startup mentality, that's uh, the lean startup's got a thing called MVP, obviously minimum viable product. You get that out first. And then from there, you start build, measure, learn iterations, which is very much growth hacking. Cool. So it's just the, the same sort of ideologies have been around. It's nice that it's… We've got some now we catchy can, now we have something to have in our digital hacking. jargon. Awesome. So I got the finger. Um, you got the finger. We all got yep. the finger. Are we done? I have a thought for the day. Yes, please. It's a quote from Arthur C. Clarke, the sort of the father of the future, if we can. Um, he's got a quote that says, The information age has been driven and dominated by technopreneurs. We now have to apply these technologies in saving lives, improving livelihoods, and lifting millions of people out of squalor, misery, and suffering. In other words, our focus must now move from the geeks to the meek. And I think that's a pretty cool, that is a cool, cool quote from many, yeah. many decades ago. That's Correct. still very appropriate today. It is. Even so, more so. Even more so today because well, we can actually make a difference. It was nice to have a female in the studio for a <laughs> challenge. It definitely pretties things up and lightens it up. So, Sal, thanks for coming in. Thanks, guys. Um, Pod3D.co.za. Cool. That's the one. Uh, Nordea Celeste. At Nordea Celeste. N-A-U-D-E Celeste. Yeah. All right. Check the tweets. Anything, All right. Give us a call. Sweet Cheers. bananas. Mm-hmm. All right. So, until, until next, next time, keep your screens clean and your well, my mic went off and you're not shiny. <laughs> Cliffcentral.com